When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to have a moment of silence for uh, Eric B. Enemy going to um, to Washington. Uh, Gary Sharp is with us. Sharpie, are you in a hotel room or are you a hostage? Uh, no, I'm in a hotel room. I'm in Denver right now. Oh, good. Uh, I heard there's uh, I heard there's a few uh, heroin addicts roaming the streets there. Are you seeing that? What? That's what I hear. I hear Denver has just fallen apart. <laughs> Gary frequenting just... places that have <laughs> smack fiends. <laughs> Uh, no, trying I just to break doors down. Why is that the I first place you go in Denver? Denver? <laughs> There's so many distinctive things about Denver. I don't think uh, <laughs> heroin addicts is the number one thing I've heard. Of. I've heard society. I've heard. I've heard society is just completely breaking down there. There's just zombies walking. It's bad. Is it? Are you seeing that? Or are you seeing? Oh, it's a, is this a, a Last nice of Us reference? Oh, the what reference? A, a, a reference to the Last of Us with the zombies? No. No, a, no, no, I'm, I'm being serious. Okay. I've heard that, you know, how Portland's kind of, you know, kind of falling apart. I've heard Denver is the same. I, I don't know this. I'm asking. Gary's there. I, no, I have not seen a zombie. There good. are quite a few homeless people here. Okay. Uh, and I wouldn't say uh, heroin addicts. I see more of the uh, marijuana, uh, not, uh. not necessarily addicts. I mean, within walking distance of this fine hotel that I'm currently at, there are four dispensaries. Okay. All right. So how high are you right now? You know, you're not supposed to do that, then come on the radio. Uh, There's FCC no. guidelines. No, nope. I, Although uh, it is I, legal there, so I don't know. This is legal, but I am representing a different organization, so I will, uh, I will plead the fifth. Okay. Mark, where, you, Mark where are you getting your news? Can we talk about that really fast? <laughs> where the hell are you getting your news, man? <laughs> no, it, it's just what I've heard. I, I'm not, I don't agree. I'm not saying it's true. You heard some, somebody told you that there are zombies in Denver? No, just a lot of people that are just, you know, sort of lost, homeless, you know, drug, (laughs) drugged up, roaming around. And it makes it difficult. And supposedly like these nice downtown areas have just been taken over. That's what you hear. Uh, It's, I'm I'm a a huge fan of Denver and the whole Colorado area. It just, they do have a little bit of a homeless problem here. There is no doubt, like a lot of major cities, I would just say, Like, this would not be a place that I'd want to be homeless this time of the year because it could get rather cold. I, I would relocate, like, to San Diego this time of the year or Miami yeah. and maybe okay. come back during the summer. Yeah. See, but to answer your earlier question, Elijah, about where I get my news, KFOR. Oh, good, good. KFOR. That's a great answer. I was going to say, Mark, I, I think what hey, you're thinking where else of, though, would you get it? Those, those that pe- makes Schmitty feel real good. The, the, those, those people <laughs> yeah, roaming I wanna, around, I want to get into to football here. Well, yeah. the, uh, but, but, report we, we can get into football here because I think these people Mark's referring to, like roaming around, potential heroin addicts, you're not quite sure what they're doing in Denver, causing a lot of problems. That's just the Broncos front office. So, Touche. From deep. That's from the Let's Broncos ride. fan, too. Mm-hmm. Bunch of people walking around saying, let's ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's trade is what they're saying She's now. She's so tired of this. Uh, He's like, please get to we, football. We've got Matthew checking in from Florida. Uh, wants us to stop crowning Sims. Go watch his full game film. <laughs> We're crowning Virginia. Sims. No, I, I just think crowning it, Sims. all I, I said is. Dude is a beast. He's a large human being who's fast. 
All I said is, is he's a better, better running threat yeah. than Casey Thompson. It goes back to Redwine's take here. And uh, Thompson's arm's great. If he could just run for a first down every once in a while. They, okay, can they I, once in a while. Can I chime in on this? Yeah, that's, one, why, that's why I brought it up. One <laughs> is Marcus Satterfield. You know, Marcus Satterfield is going to have a very interesting spring on into the fall because Jeff Sims needs to be at least a 65% passer in yes. my opinion there are things to like about him but god there are things about giving the football away and, and decision making that marcus satterfield is going to have to sprinkle his dust on him i think what we don't know about casey thompson is casey thompson will be and this is kind of a donovan riola thing as well because i don't know if you guys have heard that dylan riola is in lincoln um yeah we're watching donovan, rolling with the riolas later the, the new reality donovan series. donovan riola made a comment the other day. Well, maybe he didn't make a comment, but I read a lot into it, is there will be a better in sync, not the group, between the offensive line coach, the OC, and the head coach, which I think will benefit all three of those parties. Just like this year, I think Casey Thompson will be better in sync with his offensive coordinator. And I think he will have a better offensive line, so he'll not be running for his life. Now, Casey Thompson, there are things that he has to work on in his game. I think they're relatively even. The only advantage is Sims will get a lot more in the spring of on-field stuff. But, man, do not count Casey Thompson out. I, I think we've talked about this a lot. We're going to have a legitimate quarterback competition. But both of these quarterbacks for Nebraska to have success have to be better. But you also have to be healthy. I mean, I, there's no, I don't believe that either one of them will start all 12 games this year because they're healthy. Well, you bring up Casey Thompson and about being better. I think he was about as good as you could have expected him to be with the pressure that he was under. And then you highlighted something really important where it's like the offensive line gets the lion's share of blame. But were they more of was that more symptomatic of lack of synchronization between the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach, the overall offensive philosophy were they more of a symptom of of the lack of cohesion there versus the problem that prevented Nebraska from doing what it wanted to do? Well, I think a little bit of Mark. I mean, we all saw last year, a lot of times the offense was so disjointed on what they were choosing from series to series to go with. You know, all of a sudden they go away with from something that was doing really well. I think that all helps. But I, I think also one thing Nebraska has been handicapped by is they have not had a good quarterback coach. Mario Verdusco was fun. We all laughed at his idiosyncrasies. But let's be honest, he did not improve guys at that position. And at a place like Nebraska, until you get a five-star who might be kind of ready-made but is still going to need to be coached up, you need some – one of your better coaches is going to have to be that quarterback coach. And that's why I'm really curious to see the Jeff Sims that we saw last year. And I watched all of his games, and there's stuff to like, but I guess I'm not all in – is what does Marcus Satterfield do with him? Is he a better technical quarterback, or do they just extenuate his positives more than they did at Georgia Tech and not ask him to do things that he couldn't do at Georgia Tech that really led to turnovers and bad decision-making? So I think Marcus Satterfield, the quarterback coach, is going to be one that I'm going to look at between the spring and the fall to see if that whole quarterback room, because it's not just the top two guys, it's that person that's angling for the third-string quarterback how have they gotten better from last year to this year? Because Nebraska needs the quarterback position to be better at the quarterback thing. Sharpie, who do you think has 
the most upside uh, behind the perceived two-horse race for this starting gig? Um, Logan Smothers. Do you really think so? Okay. Yeah, so I know. So here, here's the difference of how we all look at quarterbacks and how kind of our impression is. We have not seen really Harburg. The previous staff, they kind of la- laughed him off the stage. Talks about him because they see his size and they see his arm and they think, well, we could do this with him. But I look at Logan Smothers and I don't think Logan Smothers has been coached up. And so I want to see him with good quarterback coaching that helps him throw the ball a little bit more efficient, make better decision making, and then what that does for him. Um, but that's why whoever's battling for that number three job, because it's Thompson and Sims for the number one job, whoever's battling for that number three job. That's a fascinating storyline in the spring because the guys that don't get the number three job probably are not going to stick around knowing what is down the road in 24 and beyond at that quarterback position. Gary Sharp is with us here, a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Gary, when you look at that, that number three spot, what was really interesting when Matt Rule hopped on the, uh, the podcast with J.D. Piquel, I think it was last week, he notably didn't mention Logan Smothers as being a guy in that quarterback room. And while that doesn't necessarily mean anything, it does also mean a lot that he's not a guy who's top of mind uh, in the uh, the mind of the head coach. And this is a head coach that's coming in, still learning a lot of names, doesn't quite know everybody that's on the team right now. But do you think that should be something we should be reading into? The fact that whenever he lists off the quarterbacks in the room, Logan Smothers isn't listed. I mean, first impressions, they aren't the be-all, end-all, but they, all very, they are very important. Excuse me. Yeah, I agree. I also think one thing, not to read too much into what Rule says about the team that he is inheriting, um, because he has done a good job of pointing out guys that are kind of off the radar, that catch his eye. I think when he talks about his team, he just assumes that we all know the frontline guys that have been here for a while. So there's some guys that I think he will pick that kind of jump off the page to him. So I wouldn't read too much into that. And I, you know, it's that weird conversation, guys, of, Jeff Sims is somebody who the new staff is more familiar with. Casey Thompson is somebody who we all are more familiar with. It's they'll talk about Jeff Sims, but I, they're very cautious to then turn and say, and Casey Thompson, I, you know, you've watched all the videos from the off season workout. Who's a guy that gets shown a lot. Who's a guy that's been on a lot of community visits. Who's a guy that last week, even though I don't think he needed to reminded people that he's coming back. Casey Thompson. Buckle up. This is going to be – this will be good for the football team in 23. It will be good for that position. But uh, Casey Thompson isn't going away. And I don't think Logan Smothers is going to go away as well. I don't think he can, you know, leap over those two. But I think he'll be in the mix to be that number three guy. And if not – and if not, he'll be open to a different position. Mm, yeah. yeah. Logan seems like a guy that is going to – I'm not trying to speak for him, but he'll give it hell – for that third quarterback spot or try and win the job clearly. And if it, it doesn't work, then how can I, yeah. well, he's a guy who's used he's, on the field. He's had plenty of opportunities to transfer. Should he have chosen to do so over the past couple of years? I'm not saying he's not a candidate to transfer, but you would think that if he was going to explore that route, he would have already done so with Nebraska bringing in transfer yeah. quarterbacks through the years and bringing in competition and, and guys jumping over him. And, and I, I'm kind of with you, Gary, that I, I look at him as a, a potential candidate to be a, a guy that if he's not with that third quarterback to be somewhere else in the team making a contribution, be it on special teams, yeah. be it as a, a backup on offense somewhere, he seems like just a guy who wants to be a Husker and enjoys being a Husker. Well, and look at his speed. I mean, we look at the wide receiver room and the amount of speeds there, there. 
Is he somebody that they say, you know what, he can be an asset to the program. And I agree with you, Elijah. He's a good teammate. He likes being at Nebraska. It would have been easy for him to pull the ripcord and, and lead by now. Is Do they say, man, with that speed, can we turn him into a wide receiver if that's what he wants to do? Um, and, and, you know, and there might be a lot of these cases once we get through spring ball that this staff looks at somebody and says, hey, I don't think you're a safety. You might be a cornerback. Hey, I don't think you're a cornerback. What about, what about a rover? You know, those kind of things with this staff, don't put them past them, that they're going to find the, the way to get the best five at the offensive line, the best 11 on the field, regardless of what position they showed up in Lincoln as. You know what's funny about as we sit here right now and just as we're talking through all of this, I'm starting to just just realize this. Tr- try to pick out anybody on offense right now who is a lock to start and at what position. That is very difficult to do as we sit here right now, isn't it? Like, can you think of – you can maybe name, what, two guys? I think Billy Kemp is probably going to start at receiver. I'd I'd add Marcus Washington at wide receiver receiver too. Yep. And then – Well, (laughs) who else? Who else do you – could you pick a position even on the offensive line? Could you pick a quarterback? Could you pick a starting running back? Could you pick the starting tight end? Well, so – I'm glad you brought this up, and, and this is for everybody. Was it interesting when Donovan was talking about his offensive line the other day that he didn't pencil Ben Scott in to be a starting center? So Ben Scott exactly. Ben Scott started 11 games at Arizona State last year at center. And when he came here, everybody that interviewed him, he said he's coming here to be the center. And we've seen what stability at the center position can do, and then you can work your way out. But when Donovan says, well, you know what? He's not guaranteed to start at center. He could be a tackle. A couple of things are coming to mind. One, they're going to find a way to get the best five on the field. Also, what does that say about the tackle position? I mean, I would be really surprised if Ben Scott is not snapping the football in the fall. I mean, that's what I would prefer because of his, uh, you know, his familiarity there. And also, he's got 11 starts under his belt at Arizona State. Um, but who knows? I mean, it, it kind of leaves it wide open for everybody on what's going to happen. And, you know, even with Teddy Prohaska, who's going to miss spring because of his shoulder injury, I mean, he's not guaranteed a spot. It, it's just it, – it, that's, that's why it's tough to put your finger on how this football team's going to look when they get to the fall because I think even the staff doesn't know what it's going to look like when they get into spring. So we can name maybe one, maybe two guys on offense that we're pretty confident mm-hmm. will start. S- flip over to defense, I think you can name three. And that's it. Newsom. Reimer, Robinson. I think those guys are locks to start somewhere. Outside Art of that. Sog, Gifford? Yeah, I, I think he's a lock. It. Gifford? No, I think he's I, a lock right now. Hey, they like him. Yeah, Malcolm Hartsog is a dog. He'll, he'll I, be a star. I like him too, but I'm just yeah, saying you've got a lot of dudes in the secondary. I, I like Hartsog a lot. Well, it's also known Hartsog coming off of injury too. Um, Sherman will probably be a starter. I mean, he doesn't fall in your category of lock but he will probably start somewhere. Um, and then I think Ty Robinson will be a starter as well. It's easier to look at the defense and probably pick guys that you could imagine being starters than it would be on offense, which, which, I, th- which I think is the, di- the really interesting dynamic of this team is, you know, I think the defense will be better and the defense will carry them, but it's also a defense where they're still coaching up the coaches so the coaches can teach the players what that defense is going to look like. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's – it's crazy though, as we sit here right now. You think of a starting twenty-two, we can we can name maybe five or six. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? You, well, give me go back go back to offense. Go back to offense real quick. You know, skill guys running back. You know, we're we're probably gonna think, hey, it's Grant or Allen. Give me the tight end. Yeah. Fedoni, you know, maybe, but he's never a, healthy. So there's a big knows? big fellow that transferred from Georgia, but I don't think yeah. he walked in the door and it was guaranteed that he was gonna be a starter, which which all of this is good for Nebraska. That that there are new eyeballs, and there's also gonna be the X factor of guys that we don't hardly ever talk about that we went. Wow, I didn't know they were on the roster. But all of a sudden, they've got a breath of fresh air, new eyeballs, and they've responded better to a different voice. That all of a sudden, they're like, where have you been? Mm. They're in the mix for uh, playing time. That's what we don't know, and that's what spring is going to be about. Gary, while we uh, were talking defense, I, I want to get your take on something that we talked about this week. And I, I came with the take that, you know what, I'm more concerned about the interior defensive line than I am about the offensive line whenever you look at the lines of scrimmage because yeah. – Nebraska on the interior defensive line has Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmacher, and who else? Newcomers? I, I, I look at that interior defensive Judy. line as a place that I am yeah. very, very concerned because you got a first-time positional coach and, and Coach Knight and co- coaching up that defensive line, and you have two guys with Big Ten experience coming back, and everybody else is pretty much a question Wins mark. Back, right? Yeah. So, Wins a question mark for me, too. Because yeah. Well, it's, it's when you introduce the three-three-five. Good thing it's flexible because I don't think we'll see a lot of true three three five because you got to have some dogs right up there and especially on the nose and Nebraska doesn't have that they don't have a guy that's a game changer and that's going to take some time either to develop or to go find one on the recruiting trail. Um, so Elijah, you're spot on. That's going to be an area of concern. I don't care what happens in the spring. That'll be an area that there'll be a lot of concern moving into the fall of how this is going to fit together. I know we're enamored by Tony White's defense. But I got to believe until they feel comfortable with the guys up front that they will be flexible and adjust a little bit um, so that they don't get it run down their throats. But, you know, that's been a problem for Nebraska for a while. I mean, Nebraska hasn't had that game changer right on the nose that affects the play from down to down. And it's not just a Sue. It's other guys that have come along, you know, that you can't rely on from week to week. And until Nebraska gets that, you know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of question marks about that that defense. But I, I got to believe that Tony White is aware of that and is not going to try and jam it down people's throat of, okay, we're still going to stick to this. They're going to find the best way to help those guys up front so they don't get run over. Gary Sharp with us, the Iron Horse Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Sharpie, a couple of different topics, and we'll get you out a thought first on John Cook and, Memo- and volleyball at Memorial Stadium. And, and also uh, Husker baseball uh, finding the, the, the win column uh, last night. Uh... John Cook have been dreamers. And so they think big. When they say, you're in a landlocked state in the mid-90s, you can't win a national championship, Terry Pettit, sit back down. He says, no, I will. And they won a national championship. And then John Cook comes in, and people are like, you know what, can you sustain the program? Don't let it fall off. And he says, you know what, I can take it to a higher level. So when you're in that role and you have people that dream and they dream big and they think big, you have ability to do what was announced yesterday. And this has been rumored for a while. And I'm glad that everybody got together because it's a celebration of volleyball throughout the the entire state, which is a great volleyball state from young kids all the way to we're going to have pro volleyball in 24 in Omaha. And we know what the response has been for the final four. But I think it's just great for the University of Nebraska. I think it's great for Omaha, who they're going to play and everybody else that is involved in volleyball. But it just shows you Nebraska volleyball isn't comfortable. It would be very easy to be comfortable and go, ah, you know what, last year, hey, we got to the Sweet 16, it didn't work out. They say, no, 
that was not a season that we wanted. How do we fix that? Okay, you play every match, you're sold out. What are you going to do next? You're going to expand the Devaney? No, we're going to allow more people to come watch us, and we're going to make it cool. They've, they've made Nebraska volleyball cool. Now, with Nebraska baseball, you know who I was rooting so hard for last night? And I think it's a guy that we've all gotten to kind of know a little bit, either in person or throughout his now 18-year career playing for Nebraska, is Kyle Perry. Kyle Perry in high school at Millard South was a really, really good basketball player. He was a really, really good baseball player, but he has had arm issues at Nebraska. Not once, but twice. But he never gives up, and he keeps coming back. And for him to be put in that position last night where he has to come on and close, and you know that bullpen last week, they were wearing a gasoline suit walking into a fire, okay? <laughs> and Kyle Perry last night, you know, because Nebraska had a chance at the top of the night to expand the lead against South Alabama. They didn't. So now you're thinking, oh, here we go again. And he came in and closed out South Alabama. That also shows me not only good for Kyle Perry, and maybe he becomes the back end of the bullpen, but also good for Will Bolt. You know, they took some knocks last week in San Diego. The offense was better. The starting pitching was okay. They didn't field it real well. And, of course, that bullpen was an absolute mess. But you saw in high-leverage situations last night who they picked and choose on who they could rely on. So hopefully that's the start of some some good stuff moving down the road. But that was an important win last night for Nebraska because if you were sitting 0-4-1 on the second Saturday of the season, whoo, to the message boards we go. <laughs> it's been, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, it is surprising too about Kyle Perry <clears throat> having the arm issues and having Tommy John because when you watch his motion, he's sort of glavin-like. He's so smooth. He doesn't, doesn't appear he's putting strain on his arm at all. Uh, but he obviously was. Here's another – there's a couple interesting stats from the from the pitching staff, Gary. They've, they've thrown 17 dudes already in five games. Like, mm -hmm. so as part of this, too, like, it's easy to say, ah, the bullpen's a mess. As part of it, too, is just like, hey, early in the season, as a staff, we have decided we're going to try everybody out. We're going to figure out to yep. start to finally thin down and figure out who your guys are. Are we maybe seeing yep. some of that right now? Yeah, Absolutely. And then they will thin it to the weekend series. But remember, when Nebraska won the Big Ten and they went to the NCAA tournament, they didn't have to rely on midweek guys. Okay? Yeah. And so last year, Nebraska dropped some key midweek games that you were like, how? Well, they didn't have good pitching in the midweek. So they're going to use the first couple of weeks to decide who are guys that we can rely on in a Big Ten weekend and who are guys that can go out and help us win on a Tuesday and Wednesday. But – this is an opportunity for Jeff Christie to see a lot of different pitchers in a lot of different situations. And then they'll say, hey, we saw you. It didn't work out. Or you've earned the opportunity to go back out there. And, and I think they're also doing that with their position players as well, which is kind of, you know, unfortunately when you're in the Midwest and you got to play on the road, it's a slow build into the season to try and figure things out. That's why when I always start to judge Nebraska baseball or, or Omaha baseball or Creighton baseball after about the first three weeks. Because the first three weeks, they're usually on the road. They're playing a lot of players. They're probably playing really good teams. Well, what have you learned and where are you going from there? But last night was a positive for Nebraska. They needed that desperately. Sharpie uh, will get out with hit by pitch. Did we come to the conclusion that they're Ooh. at 16 right now? There's 16, yeah. and for frame of reference, that's through five games. And frame of reference, they were 54 all of last year. So they're basically a third of the way there already through five does, games. Does that patience also extend to week three with control Ooh. with well, the pitching staff? Well, I think what, what, what's your take? Control, and guys, keep an eye on this. That is well known that Nebraska pitchers, you know, they're having trouble throwing first pitch strikes, and so they're going to try and nibble instead of trying to throw it right across the heart of the plate. 
check out we saw this with san diego check out south alabama how many guys are standing right on top of the plate mm, until you yeah. can bust them inside and throw it right by them they're going to stand on top of the plate and they're going to be like they can't throw on the inside part it's going to hit me that's going to be a common theme i think until nebraska pitchers prove that that inside part of the plate belongs to them equally interesting the opponents nebraska has been hit themselves 13 times. Already. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I, I wonder if some of that might be, you know, in-game retaliation type stuff or something too, but it's crazy. See the umpire's wheels blown. turning. Well, we saw, I mean, that's why Will Bolt got thrown out on Sunday in San Diego because of a hit by pitch. Yeah. And so that's, that's early in the year. We're starting to see that around college baseball about guys that lean into a pitch um, and you know, this is a thing that it's been around college baseball for a while. You know, they kind of, they cut it back, but it's used as an advantage. But I, I think you'll watch South Alabama again today. They'll crowd the plate until Nebraska pitchers can beat them, either throw it right by them down the middle or beat them inside with a pitch. Hey, real quick too. If they get that control thing figured out, you got, you got three starting pitchers right now that are averaging more than five innings to start, which yep. is kind of what you want. And the, the worst batting average against is Comiska. He's only – it's 227. Yep. Emmett Olsen's 189. Shannonman's 167. But their ERAs are all four-plus. Yep. Like, it's – this is all a control issue. Yeah, I, I like their starters, though. All the way to the back end of the bullpen. And who is that guy in the back end of the bullpen? Is it Shea or is it now Kyle Perry? Gary, I know we, I know we said last thought, and I appreciate some overtime because I we, we have to talk about the, the quote-unquote – family visit that all the message boards are talking about this weekend we somehow did not get there uh first oh, off oh, yeah. i mean like family visit quote unquote the, the timing of it is just so convenient with all the drama this week with the georgia visit is he going to georgia is he not when's he coming to nebraska and, oh now he's in nebraska this weekend it all feels like very convenient timing for a, a nice time to visit your uncle yeah are, are we guys to the point that if dylan riola doesn't commit to nebraska we are going to be literally shocked have we reached that point you know I, nebraska is going to be or should in, I say, in, I mean, in it to the end i i think there's a monster wow factor with with lincoln riley and what he's done with quarterbacks first pick overall and i, I think there that's real george is real and then you've got Nebraska. I don't know Casey, excuse me, uh, Dylan, uh, well enough at all to say, is he a guy that wants to go and, and be great at a place that needs resurgence, or does he want to be the next? I, I just don't know that personality. Yeah, and that's fair. I, it, we're, uh, we're almost to the point that if he doesn't say yes to Nebraska, I think we're shocked. And I hope that we're not crossing into the world of if he doesn't say yes to Nebraska, we're crushed. Because I think Nebraska has done a really, really good job. That seems to be a lot of momentum. But, man, until there is a decision made, you're going to ride the roller coaster. And I said that right away. Be prepared for the ups and downs of this. But also be prepared that Nebraska got back into the game and they might get a commitment before they play a game and they start to show – what's in place which would be a heck of a, a heck of a feather in the cap of matt rule but That'd be big. i don't buckle up because man this is i've never and i've covered this for a long time we've all been around for a while except for elijah uh i can't recall in a pursuit <laughs> of a recruit by nebraska football 
where this name is daily, locally and nationally, like Dylan Ryle is. Frazier. That's a, I think it's the only comparison. And that was pre- It was pre-recruiting. Pre- oh, yeah. Pre-internet. The, but Fra- you heard about Frazier a yeah. lot, and everybody understood the significance when he signed. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, I, that's about the only comp I can think of, and that you have to go back a long way. Imagine, imagine the Tommy Frazier coverage if oh, what we're on right now existed yeah. 30 years ago. You know what? And I don't think he would have liked it. No, he would have hated I think, it. I think he liked how Kevin Steele recruited him where it wasn't always a show. It was, hey, we're going to show you something mm-hmm. and, and the way they recruited him. But this is the world we live in, and everybody is talking about him. Every single day there is something new, and we just wait. Will it be at the end of next month? Will it be in the middle of the summer? When will it be? You know, When will it benefit Nebraska for him to say yes? Good stuff. Sharpie, enjoy uh, Denver, despite what Craig painted. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> He will not be running mayor here anytime. Yeah. You got to do slalom on the heroin addicts on your walking. We'll get caught up uh, next weekend. Uh, yeah. Get sharp with us. That'll wind down the weekend edition of uh, Hale Varsity presented by Currency. <laughs>